Jess. Jessica. Jessica, what are you... Jess! Jess! Yes! What are, you, what are you doing? Why are you playing the bass? What, we're about to start our podcast. Look, I, I just really need to practice. I don't know if you heard, but I'm going on tour with Reliant K. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? It's confirmed. I'm the new bass player in Reliant K. Oh. If... Okay. All right. Well, what are you playing? What song are you playing? Their best song of all, Be Rad. Be Rad? Yeah. From All Work and No Play, the song that never made it to another album. You think they're gonna, you think that this whole new tour they're doing, they're gonna be playing Be Rad in the set list? Well, I hope so. It's the only song I know how to play. I was thinking, overthinking, cause there's just too many scenarios to analyze. Look in my Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Who's, who's <laughs> playing bass in Reliant K now? It's going to be jam. Oh, oh, got some slap bass going there. You know what song this is? <laughs> May the horse be with you. May the horse be with you. <laughs> nice. Down. So, big news. Big news. Not that we're in Reliant K. No. (laughs) But Reliant K has, I mean, who hasn't heard? If you are not on social media, maybe you haven't heard. If you don't have Facebook where the announcements all got pushed out or Instagram, any of those places where it's happening. But Reliant K is like really gearing up again. And there's a whole tour that has been announced. It's called the Um Yeah Tour. You can actually hear us talk about it over on Reliable J's podcast. Because as soon as all of this started happening... He was like, do you want to come on my podcast and speculate about what's going on, right? Because, like, we're only getting bits and pieces of, you know, we know the tour dates. Tickets are now on sale by the time you're hearing this. Uh, If the pre-sale code, if it's still pre-sale time by the time you hear this, if you hear this very early, the pre-sale code is mm -hmm, MMHMM. It was not what we thought it was if you listen to the Reliable J episode. But, yeah, Reliant K is back. They've announced a tour. The lineup is... Ethan, John Schneck, Dave Douglas, and the Mats. So a classic kind of mixed up lineup, like a shuffled around lineup. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm excited. So they're posting on their Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. Matt Thiessen had a thing that he wrote on Facebook. I'm kind of mentioning things that we didn't mention on Reliable J, but you can hear us talk about our expectations and our plans for the tour. I don't want to go, I don't want to retread all of that. You should go listen to that Reliable J episode. So yeah, that's the big news. Reliant K is finally back. Like forever, we always knew that this New York show was happening. It was announced, I think back in April or something like that. And no one knew what was going on with that New York show. When are tickets going on sale? Every couple months, we get people asking us, yeah. Do you know when tickets are going on sale for New York? Well, not only are tickets on sale for New York, but all these other dates were announced. So go check it out. It's mostly East Coast and Midwest and Texas, but like that's as far west as they're yeah. as they're going, unfortunately. So we have plans. I bought tickets for Florida, for Orlando, Florida, and for uh, Boston. They're a week apart. Don't know if we'll be be able to actually do both, but I'm like those are the places where we have roots. So it'd be easy to stay there. So let's do those shows. We're not probably doing New York anymore. But go over to Reliable J to hear all about that. And, but the big news, this literally happened while we were recording with Josh on Reliable J, is I took, there's a promo photo 
of the lineup of the band, but they're not all posed together. It's like all five current lineup members of the band that we mentioned before, all little black and white photos, like random black and white photos of them, of the five of them. I took two pictures of Jessica and I when we were at Venice Beach recently, and I added them. I kind of like wedged them into it, and I jokingly tweeted, we didn't want to announce this yet, (laughs) but here's the lineup (laughs) of Reliant K. Oh, because one thing that was significant about this promo photo was that it wasn't like officially released by the band. Like the band hadn't released news specifically saying Dave, John Schneck and Ethan are in the band back in the band. Like the, just the New York venue tweeted this promo photo. (laughs) So everyone was like, this must be the lineup because it's not like they posted some old mm -hmm era image by mistake or something. And people would be like, is Brian or Dave in the band or something or John and John or whatever. And like, there was no confusion in terms of that. They were new photos deliberately of the five of them. So the joke was like the, (laughs) my joke was basically like New York, the New York venue has said we're all in the band, and here it is. And then while we're recording with Josh, the official Relying K Twitter account retweets it and says we're a seven piece now. And like at that moment, because you know, Relying K has not been active on social media and stuff, so we've never really had like full acknowledgement that they. I mean, I know they must know who we are, but I've never had, we've never had real confirmation that either of right. the Nats really know <laughs> that we exist. Yeah. I mean, I, they must know because John Schneck knows for sure and John Warren knows for sure. And we've had minor interactions with Ethan. So I'm like, they must know. And they see us tagging them and stuff <laughs> right. all the time, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This is the first time we had confirmation that they acknowledged we existed and there was a retweet, which was huge for us because we got lots of followers. So I, I'm super appreciative. But I showed Jessica. I'm just like, we finished recording with Josh. I look at my phone and I go, <gasps> and Jessica's like, as far as she knows, like like <laughs> nuclear attacks on seaboards or whatever. <laughs> She's like, why? What? I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's good, right? Like I don't want to say yet. I'm like, oh, it's good. And then I turn the I turn the screen around and I show her and she's like shut up that's great and she's like she gets up and she's like woo and then she, I fell down she fell I was down. so excited that like I went to do a little jig well, and fell down I went to record a reaction <laughs> video I was like darn I should have recorded her reaction at the moment missed that let's kind of recreate it while you've still got the energy I grab my phone I grab my computer screen. <laughs> I I panned the the phone over to Jessica and she's like woo slam she fell on the ground and she's like well you can't release that video now <laughs> but what was amazing is that April just ran straight into her arms like yeah. thinking it was play yep not that you fell down and actually she bruised her Jessica bruised her arm but yeah she just showed it to me again but April was like oh you're on my level now let's play (laughs) she's like oh we're excited we're having a good time this is so much fun you came down here to play with me so if anyone is uh new to the podcast because you saw Ryan K retweet us welcome this is just where we congratulate ourselves on (laughs) thanks for thanks thanks for listening thanks for listening so go get your tickets for the for the um yeah tour and like I said it doesn't look like we're going to New York so all the talk for the last couple of months about possibly meeting other people in New York. I don't think it's going to happen for us now. But if you are in Boston, I know who's, you know, some people are in Boston, some people we know in Florida. So hopefully we'll meet you at one of those shows. If we do both, we don't know for certain yet. Tickets are only 35 bucks. 
So yeah, I was like, it's not bad. I mean, so many concerts in Los Angeles like start at like forty or fifty and sixty, mm-hmm. and then so many of them are like a hundred. Like my, they might be Giants tickets were like two hundred dollars for each of us, like with the fees and everything included. I bought those like two years ago though, because that was pre-COVID and it keeps getting pushed. But I was like, these tickets are so cheap. I can buy four tickets for the price of one ticket in a yeah. Los Angeles concert. Yeah. So. That's yes, what's for, going on for there. one ticket at the cryptocurrency.com arena. <laughs> <laughs> they just changed the Staples Center, too. Yeah, the good news comes with the bad news. <laughs> Jessica just learned that her Staples Center is now called the crypto.com center. You can't wait to to go see the Kings in, a, in another week or so at the cryptocurrency.com arena. Yeah. Has, has the hockey world been talking about that today? I, was, well, I don't know. I haven't oh, really okay. been online. Because I was the first when I woke up, I saw the news. They were talking about it on my DM with work. And I came right to Jessica. And I was like, Jessica, this is not a joke. <laughs> They're changing the <laughs> Staples Center name. But I was like, even though it kind of stinks, like I'm like, of all the companies to buy the Staples Center and rebrand it, I feel like crypto.com is the most likely to not be around in a couple of years. I, so yeah. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So it's a hot take, Danny. Cryptocurrency is the way of the future. <laughs> I know. So we have one voicemail in relation to last week's episode. Uh, the places you fear the most. What was it called? What? <laughs> what was the name of the song last week? <laughs> this is this, this is home. The, the home. Let's go home. If I could take you home. Wow. I came up with it. You're looking around like, I said the song last week. (laughs) You threw me with all of your other, like, (laughs) titles. Yeah. I got it. I found it. (laughs) I'm concentrated on overthinking, so I'm trying not to overthink about previous songs. But, so last week we talked about If I Could Take You Home and Collapse of Belong in general a little bit more. And some reviewer referred to Don't Blink as a Jimmy Eat World inspired song. And that's the first time we'd ever heard that. And we are like, what? So David Park, our friend who hosts Jimmy Eat Pod, we called him out and said, David, let us know. Does this actually, does Don't Blink actually sound like a Jimmy Eat World song? What is in that? What is that in reference to? So David called up to give his opinion on that. Challenge accepted. This is David from Jimmy Eat Pod. I have listened to the song that must be right up my alley. It's called Don't Blink. And supposedly it sounds like Jimmy Eat World, which it does not to me. Um, but in my limited dive into the Reliant K pantheon of musical things, songs? <laughs> um, uh, this is a great song, and I remember it. It reminds me more of like a... I am not... Uh, an aficionado on the genre, but I would put this in like the pop country category. If this were on any Jimmy Eat World album, I guess maybe invented. I invite anyone to challenge me on this, but it just, I, I'm not getting really any Jimmy Eat World vibes. Maybe song structure wise, how there's like a little pre chorus right before the chorus, but there's nothing that's screams Jimmy Eat World to me and that that main like violin acoustic guitar slash mandolin <laughs> um sound mostly just kind of sounds like pop country in the best way possible like I do not mean to besmirch the band anyway that is my book report 
on that song. Thanks, bye. Well, there you go. I didn't understand any of those words, so I have no idea. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I'm sitting over here like, is there a violin and a mandolin and don't blink? <laughs> News to me. I mean, that was an early episode, so we probably weren't paying attention for that. Maybe that's a song we need to redo sometime. Yeah. Because <laughs> we are going to... All those first first uh, tracks. Yeah. I think the next song that will... I think the next episodes we're thinking about redoing are Pink Talks. We've been talking about redoing that since we did Pink Talks because we just want to talk about that song more. But also, Forget and Not Slow Down is their song I want to redo sooner For than sure. later. Man, and I'm also hoping that we can keep the podcast going a little longer because touring Reliant K, does that also mean there will be new music Reliant K? That would be very rude of them to release new music before we finish up all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, could you just hold back just a little bit? Could you wait? Could you wait? So, no. but we need to finish the rest of your discography first. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, I think that's it. Anyway, I was looking for more top of the show business, but yeah, lots of lots of chatter, lots of talk, lots of people asking us, "Do we know the presale code?" <laughs> and we know as much as you do. Asking, "Do we know where there's more tour dates? Why are they going to be on the West Coast?" I'm like. I don't know. I know as much as you guys. So, yeah. We wish we knew more. Right. I mean, Jessica's in the band. I don't know why she doesn't know more. They kind of, I guess, keep her locked out of that stuff. Yeah, they don't share any of that with me. I'm just there to play. (laughs) Why did the joke become you're in the band, but I'm not in the band when the tweet was (laughs) we're both in the band? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, overthinking. What do you have to say? This is a song that I didn't ironically overthink about before we decide to start talking about it uh same yeah this is definitely a song i've always really enjoyed but not a song that i ever dove too deeply into the lyrics on right yeah same yeah and i i actually prefer the acoustic version to the original i think that it's just it, it really suits an acoustic sound and I think that Teason's voice sounds a lot richer and more mature in that version. Right. Yeah, this is a song that's like it it feels like classic Reliant K. Like it definitely feels like, you know, as far as being somewhat more of a deep cut, someone's doing lawn work outside. Oh well. <laughs> Let's not overthink it. Um <laughs> As far as like a slightly deeper cut Reliant K song, it is one that feels like a sum of a lot of parts of what Reliant K was doing at the time. It definitely feels like a quintessential sort of Reliant K tune. But then, yeah, the lyrics are a little bit more abstract than the typical Reliant K songs. Because even a song like Be My Escape, which is somewhat abstract, you can still get the vibe. Mm -hmm. This is even more of a vibe type song, but it, like, I don't know, it... Like, what is he singing about? Like, I never really thought that much about it. But the fact that it... I always thought he's singing You're Not That Girl. So I'm like, okay, well, he's not singing about God. But then it does seem like a spiritual, religious, Lord-based song. (laughs) So I don't know. I never... But then again, I never never fretted too greatly about what is this song about. So, you know, it, it's... Reading through the lyrics, it, it was like reading the most confusing Dr. Seuss book ever. It, it, there, it's very... There's a lot of, like, poetic sort of right. rhyming play in there. Yeah. 
it's almost like a proto forget not slow down song where it definitely does seem like some sort of maybe some sort of breakup song or some sort of strife in a relationship but where there's like a lot of these forget not slow down songs are about the same thing they and more vibe based like they don't necessarily give you precise details you know they kind of just give you a vibe of a breakup this seems to do the same thing but it's even it's far more abstract and a bit more of a lyrical roller coaster so it feels like just trying to listen to the lyrics and like where are we going what's happening we're going this way we're going that way so i wanted to not overthink it uh and like kind of read out the lyrics on the show and see how it kind of makes sense to us this has some like lyric wise some where do i go from here vibes as well where it's sort of yeah a little bit more on the abstract side right and i actually i always get confused and think that this song is on (laughs) mm -hmm because the app april's (laughs) upset for you to think that this song's on (laughs) because the acoustic is on the apathetic ep right yeah (laughs) april (laughs) so i'm just looking through the lyrics now and this is so abstract like, I'm sure you're going to tell... I already know a little bit of... Jessica told me a little bit about this before the podcast. But I'm sure the song meanings page is going to be, like... What it usually is. Yeah, just <laughs> rabid with... Rabid's not a word. Rabid with, like, back and forths and stuff. But just looking at these lyrics, like, this is very abstract. And it really is, like, a tone or a vibe overall. Because these lyrics seem to really be touching on a specific relationship and a specific uh, situation with somebody in Matt Thiessen's life. Like, I think that this is a little bit of literal Thiessen. I think that this is literal Thiessen. Just Mm -hmm. looking at these lyrics, it is, and I'm going to get into them in a moment, but getting, looking at them. It's so clearly about a specific relationship in his life and something that was going on, but it is a roller coaster of back and forth and vagueness. So no matter what read you might come up with, anyone, myself, anyone listening might come up with, I feel like unless we ever heard from Matt Thiessen specifically about this song, there is no way to tell. Like, how can you tell? Like, I can't even exactly get a bead on what the problem is and if if someone is to blame and exactly what some of these things are referring to. So let me read through the lyrics now. I was thinking, overthinking, because there's just too many scenarios. So far, got it. He's fretting somewhere. He's somewhere and he's worried about something. And there's all of these, all these scenarios that he's worried about. Tons of different possibilities and he's worried about them. Got it. Totally understandable. To analyze. To analyze. And then this is where it turns. Look in my eyes because you're my dream. Please Please come come true. true. So far, cool. Got it. He's fretting about some someone that's a dream come true for him, but he's fretting and worrying that it might not happen. I was thinking, overthinking, about how I'm not exactly him. I'll break my heart in two more times than you could ever do because you're my dream. Please come true. Okay. I'm like starting to lose the beat a little bit, but I think I still get it. I was thinking, overthinking about how I'm not exactly him. So who is him? 
I guess maybe her dream guy or the or at the very least like her person that can have a relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. Or an ex or he's definitely comparing yeah. himself to another actual male in Well, is he? I mean, that's what the, I'm not sure of. If he's life is what it sounds it's, like. I'm not exactly him. Like it could be a metaphorical him of I'm not exactly your dream guy or it could be I'm not exactly him, your ex. Or it could be, yeah. I'm not exactly him, God. I'm not exactly like Christ. Like, I, I've already lost the bead. Uh, but he says, because you're my dream, please come true. At this point, especially with the fact that he actually references a girl later, that he's talking to a girl. I know song meanings will, will argue with us, but he's talking to a girl. The chorus, because I think way too much on a one-track mind got it you think too much and you concerned with one problem at a time and you overthink the one problem and then he says and you're so out of touch because i'm so far behind totally lost the beat here like I, I, at this point it it and it only gets worse from here it only gets like more abstract from from this moment uh i can't deny this anymore the facts ignored all done before just getting more and more tone poem, like losing the specifics as we go. Uh, and if there's one in this world, you'll let me know you're not that girl. So if there's one, what? And you're not that girl, that girl meaning what? The girl of his dreams? Or I, Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's if there's one in this world, meaning if there's the one, mm -hmm. the idea of the one. Then why isn't it capitalized? Let me know. <laughs> then let me know you're not her if you're not her. Okay, yeah, that makes total sense. But it's like the specific, there's no specifics in the song. So it's, I've already kind of lost like who is the him, you know, it's easy to plug in what you think it is right away. But I'm really trying to look at this analytically. And it's like, there's not a lot to like, absolutely confirm one thing over the other. Uh, verse two, I was sinking, lower sinking. So he's in a depression. Got it. Because I lost the things I've held on to. Common, Thiessen, theme. Bad friends, Thiessen, slash penitent, Thiessen. He feels like he's losing grip on the things that are important to him. It happens all the time. It happens in songs about his relationship with God. It happens in songs about his relationship with girls. It happens in songs with his relationships with family and friends. There, the next lyric confounds me. You're right. They they let me, who's they, they let me think a thought, a thought that I would know was not, of seeing my dream come true. F flabbergasting. <laughs> like, but like I said, it's like a tome poem. I think I have an, an overall arching theory that I'll get to once we're done with this. Um, it's about, you know, letting, I, I think it's about like, you know, your thoughts letting you think just this right, one they must thought. Be the thoughts. Yeah. Because I lost so many things I've held on to, but also that they could be the things he held on to or all are the things he held on to the thoughts are all the, th are the things he held on to the good things in his life, like his relationship with God and his relationships with people, not just with girls. He means with everyone. Like what's the, they it's we've, it's already losing that stuff, but it is poetry. So it doesn't have, it, 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 it doesn't owe it, no poet owes it in poetry to make it obvious. So this song is not obvious, but it, this doesn't happen a lot in Reliant K songs where something is so like hard to keep a beat on. Then it gets, then it gets really interesting <laughs> here. 
I was thinking, overthinking, about how far I had let this go. One more guy-girl cliche. I know now you're just in the way of me and my dream come true. So when I first read that, I was like, whoa, is he saying this girl is getting in the way of his dreams? And then I'm like, no, he's overthinking. He's letting his anxieties talk to him. He's overthinking those thoughts. So he's saying to them, I know that these thoughts are just in the way of me and my dream come true. Right. So... At this point, there's so many pronouns in this song where the subject of the pronoun really gets muddled. And this is not something I've ever had a problem with in a Reliant K song to this level. We, I did have it when we did Where Do I Go From Here? Because at the time, I didn't... Now I, now I fully believe that the song Where Do I Go From Here is about the same relationship that the Forget and Not Slow Down album is about. I think there's a couple of songs on the Burden and the B-Sides... Nashville, Tennessee P that are that are songs that we're building towards Forget and Not Slow Down. And if you go to our YouTube page, you'll find a compilation I put together of uh, what did I call it before Almost Forgotten or something where it's like the proto right. prequel songs to Forget and Not Slow Down. Yeah. So but where do I go from here? At the very least, it's not so complicated with you're my dream and this is my thing and I these thoughts did this and these thoughts did that. Like, where do I go from here at the very least is much more streamlined, even though there's no specific subject of the pronouns in that song. I think it's just because it gets a little confusing because not only in, in the verses, but even just within the individual lines, I think he switches who he's talking to. Yeah. Like, he goes between talking to his thoughts to talking to the girl. So, like, in verse two... I think he's pretty much just speaking to his thoughts. Whereas in the chorus, I think it kind of switches around a little bit. And then in verse one, I think it's mainly the girl. Right. That he's talking to. So I'll pause here and say what my overall feeling on this song is. I think overall, and I'm not going to drill down into specifics, but I think the overall theme of the story of this, the point of this song is it's about a relationship with a girl that is very on, very confusing for both him and the girl, which is something that happens. And he is overthinking it. Like you have a relationship where you're not sure what the point is. You're not sure if you both really care about each other. You don't even fully know if you can trust each other with each other's hearts yet. You don't know where you both want to be in life. So that kind of like situation where you're, where you want to be together, but you're not, but you are, and it's confusing and you sit up at night and you worry and you overthink it. And as we dive into this song and how difficult it is to suss out specifics, I'm thinking now, like, that's kind of on purpose. Like, this song might be just as muddled as those fears and thoughts and anxieties that you have when you are worrying about a relationship or worrying about anything. But I think this song is specifically about a relationship with a girl. So, yeah, as muddled and as lacking cohesive, like, subjects to the pronouns as this song has... I I think now that that's probably on purpose, you know, because that is how that's what the song is about. The song is about anxious, confused thoughts. So it comes off in the lyrics when you look at them deeply 
are anxious and confused. It's a little like, uh, it, it's it's kind of ironically changed up by the fact that it is an upbeat number, you know? So it's like yeah. the whole time you're like, yeah, I get it. He's overthinking. He's overthinking about God or he's overthinking about a relationship. But then you really look deeply into the lyrics line by line and you're like, it's a much more confused. It's like, it's like ska music or They Might Be Giants where the lyrics are actually really dark and depressing but you might not notice it the first time because the song is happy but then you look deeper into it and you realize it's actually about something much more sinister right the bridge here is also very it goes to a very dark angsty place right but it's not a dark angsty song which is so funny do you want to read the bridge sure don't touch the positive with the negative end don't touch the positive with the negative end because after all of the sparks you're still alone in the dark Because after all of the sparks, you're left alone in the dark. And while I'm able, I think I'll label experience with you as a mistake. And while I'm at it, I'll say I've had it. Experience with you as a mistake. So at that moment, it definitely looks like they're not. He's like saying we're not together anymore to the girl who is the subject of the song. We're over. And it's funny when it's like I'll label experience with you as a mistake. Because it like it brings to mind how on Patreon we read the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind book, and we talked a lot here and there throughout those episodes about like the I Kiss Dating Goodbye movement and like the different purity movements, but how the complex infrastructure book really doesn't like push that on you where we thought it would, because it's there are things in there about like. You know, the perfect guy, because the book is written to girls, to female Reliant K fans. So there's things in there about dating guys and look out because guys just want you for your body. Look out. All guys are uh, scum and all guys are also (laughs) Prince Charming. Like, look out, right? (laughs) And we would compare it at times in that to the I Kiss Dating by Purity movement where it's like, you don't date, you just wait for the one and then you court like almost in an old school style knowing fully well that you are going to get married like that's the whole intent but the book really didn't push that the Reliant K labeled book which was not written by Reliant K was written by the ghost the uh, other credited writer Mark Nicholas really didn't push that that concept so here it doesn't either here he's like I've had a relationship with you it's an and I'm calling it experience with you like an experience of having a relationship with the gender I'm attracted to and I'm going to mark it up as a mistake because this didn't work out. So Reliant K really isn't the kind of band that like, I'm sure when you're a Christian band and you have to go on tours and festivals and stuff where maybe that, that philosophy is pushed by the promoter, like the whole, like, you know, the whole like I kiss dating goodbye philosophy, you might get tied up with it. But Reliant K is not a band that, really adheres to that philosophy or pushes it and here he's got a relationship with the girl and it looks like it was a mistake and we're breaking up from here looking at these lyrics i also feel like the general structure of them and like the song structure in general is very proto forget not slow down yeah it is very like it it definitely is like a glimpse of that more poetic abstract feeling we're going to get on that album yeah, exactly. It's a little rougher, but this is more poetic in the sense of the you write 
from your heart. And sometimes it's first thought, best thought, and sometimes it's ambiguous. And that ambiguity leaves the feeling open to people connecting it to their own personal situations. Like Forget and Not Slow Down. Like it, when we started getting into Forget and Not Slow Down deeply because I had never like deep dived into the lyrics of that album before we did this podcast. And I always knew it was about the dissolution of his relationship with his fiance at the time, right? I always understood that. But then we started digging in deeper to it and we started getting, uh, you know, messages and notes from listeners and saying like, yeah, I suffered this loss at the time or I had this, you know, bad thing happen to me. And those things that happened to the listeners were not, I had a fiance and she broke up with me, right? It's not the specific problem that Thiessen had when he wrote it, but he left this album, Forget Not Slow Down, about loss ambiguous enough it's about a specific situation but ambiguous enough that it can connect to anybody's you know situation about loss or regret and that's obviously what's kind of going on here i think this i think overthinking is a little bit more like what's a good phrase here this isn't a good phrase but ham-fisted like it's a little bit more like it's a bit more chunky it's a bit it's not as elegant it's not as yeah, it's 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 a little bit more like there's some of the ways we go up and down into the different emotions and situations. They kind of leave me confused. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I would I either want to know specifically what happened or I ha- want to have no idea that this is about a specific situation. I don't want to be stuck in this weird middle ground where the deep dive into the, these lyrics leaves me where I'm like, he's clearly singing about something, but I have no idea who's to blame <laughs> or what's going on. It kind of goes back to our most recent Patreon. This ties, it, it ties in perfectly actually on Patreon. We just did a episode about the black bear song, cold coffee, which Matt Thiessen is featured on. And it's from 2012 or 2013 and it was a similar thing, but again, it was actually a little bit more elegant than uh, this song, Overthinking, where my determination of that Black Bear song is it's about a couple who clearly care about each other, who have a knockout, dragout, screaming, smashing things fight. That was my takeaway from it. Not the, and, and, and not that it's like the sort of problematic thing of like they start hitting each other or being violent with each other. They just are like so, con- they love each other contemptuously, right? But at the same time, like, you know, I went into that Black Bear song, Cold Coffee, thinking like I'm not, I don't really understand. And I kind of got a bead on it by the end. I'm not leaving <laughs> our discussion about <laughs> overthinking with the same like, content feeling like I'm still very confused on this song overall yeah and which which maybe really is the point because it is a song about overthinking and over contextualizing and really dwelling in your anxieties on purpose and not being able to you know let go of your anxieties or see clearly or being afraid you're making the wrong decisions because you're over fretting so maybe that confusion is something that was if not designed, it's intentional. It was intentional. He wants you to overthink the lyrics. Right. <laughs> so did you have any other thoughts on um, the song overall? Like, we didn't really talk about it musically, but I feel like, you know, musically, instrumentation-wise, like the bridge and the way it really, like, changes up for that bridge in that theatrical way of, like, really being, like, a separate mini-song is very that theatrical t 
almost like a musical. Like, you know, there is a lot of core Reliant K DNA in this song musically, mm-hmm. but it does have that. It, it, it is, it does feel like, uh, like it was not fully formed core Reliant K kind of subject material. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, um, also with the instrumentation, I think part of why I I prefer the acoustic version is just because it feel it has the feeling of a slower, sort of slowed down kind of song, mm-hmm. and so when I went back and re-listened to just the normal version, the original version, which I don't listen to as often, I was like, oh wow, this is a little bit more rockin' and a little bit faster than I thought it was going to be. Right. I don't know if you have more to say, but the next thing we'll do is compare the gold and the non-gold. Go for it. So. Comparing the gold edition of this is two lefts, right? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Every second I got confused. Comparing, you know, uh, to restate this, if anyone isn't aware, the original CD printed of this album in 2003 has one mix on it, and then after, mm-hmm, you know, went into the stratosphere for Reliant K, they went back and remixed albums two and three, and nowadays on streaming the only mix available is the second mix that was re-released. Now, if you go get a CD, odds are like nine to one that you are going to get an original mix of the CD. But if you go on streaming, it's it's 100% that you will get the gold mix, the second mix. So in this case, uh, if you're listening to the gold mix only, it's not one where you're really missing out too greatly. Like there are a lot of songs on albums two and three where you know you should experience the original mix this one the differences except for one major difference the differences aren't too dramatic it really is just a matter of kind of like generally boosting everything up and the vocals are a little you know further on top in this mix and there's one big like sort of editing difference but i'll discuss that in a second let's just kind of so that's the non-gold mix beginning and then here's the gold mix just a little fuller that fuller brighter sound just wanted to get a little bit of his voice there and here's going back to that was the gold mix here's the non-gold mix again so really is like Yeah, the guitar's it, the guitar's just a little fuzzier, but really it's just a matter of like everything's just kind of brought up and a little fuller. Like this was a proper kind of remastering of the song, unlike some of the other ones where they change like dramatic editing choices and change like the way that the songs kind of fade into each other. The only big difference that is really notable is the second half of the bridge, which I'm glad I still have the lyrics of. And while I'm able, I think I'll able experience with you as a mistake. So if we find that part, that is the most dramatic difference in the edits of the song. Let's hear that. I'm saying edit, but I don't know if that's the right word. You'll hear what I mean in a second. Don't touch the positive with the negative end. Don't touch the positive with the negative end. So that's gold, and let's hear the original non-gold. 
again, no, no huge difference. It's a little grittier. Right. But I didn't get to the big change, which is coming up with the uh, chalk up experience with you as a mistake. So here, let's hear, let's hear the second half of the bridge in the non-gold mix. And while I'm able, I think I'll label experience with you as a mistake. And while I'm at it, I'll say I've had it. So if you're familiar with the song from streaming nowadays, there's like that vocorder radio filter thing put on there. And that's not in the gold mix, which exists online nowadays. And while I'm able, I think I'll label experience with you as a mistake. And while I'm at it. It's just, it's just, just as level as all the rest of the lyrics. I, f- I feel like it was like a dramatic choice to do that sort of like, yeah. radio vocorder filter but at the same time they do that filter and then they i think in the non-gold mix they're turning that filter off and bringing his voice back up as that section of the lyrics comes through and then when the song kicks back in like the vocorder is there a little bit but not quite so that's the only big difference so many other editing choices and like decisions on effects and stuff that were removed or added in other songs. I think this one really is the most one of the most reasonable gold remixes overall because like that that filter on the vocals sure it adds like a dramatic idea to that moment in the song, but it's one that I just feel is like unnecessary to like put that filter on there like yeah, I I guess it it dramatizes that moment, but I think the song carries enough dramatic weight and the melodies, you know, carry it enough that you don't need to put all that bells and whistle on there. So they remove the bells and whistles. Uh, and that is about all I got to say about that. <laughs> uh, one other thing to mention, though, is like, and this became a point of contention between Jessica and I, <laughs> is that the apathetic EP version has this like tape hiss or this room hiss in it. And I swear that when Jessica and I were courting, (laughs) (laughs) when Jessica and I were dating in like 2000, I mean, I know when we dated, I'm just trying to think of when we would have, while we were dating, talked about this, I guess like around 2007-ish, 2008, I swear we would put on the Apathetic EP and you would say, oh, I hate that, that hissing sound that starts off the overthinking version and then i talked about that with jessica today and she's like i do not remember that and i don't hear a tape hiss and then i partially was thinking like okay well on my phone hard drive are my cd rips of the songs and let me see if on spotify they have recently kind of tried to remove that tape hiss if they kind of casually fix that no i still hear that tape hiss well, you can't hear it in the room over the Bluetooth, but here's the just the first couple seconds of overthinking edited in. Now, let us know if you heard that room hiss, that tape hiss, because Jessica doesn't hear it anymore. And she had her big over-the-ear headphones on. She didn't hear it. I still hear it. My hearing's changed know. a little bit over yeah, the years. Jessica's so had an ear surgery, so. It had has, two. She's had two. <laughs> got another one coming up which i'm not happy about so jessica used to have super hearing and now she just has regular person hearing but jessica would have super hearing and like she could hear she could lightly hear like dog whistles and stuff yeah 
It's weird, <laughs> weird stuff. And then so I she, had a series of ear infections and right. that's all gone now. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica basically had the ear equivalent of the uncanny valley where she could <laughs> hear things in media that like you couldn't hear. It's like, oh, don't you hear that? So, oh, that's, that sounds so, sounds so bad. And I'm like, no, I don't hear it. What are you talking about? Now it's totally flipped. Yeah. I, I could hear the tape hiss back then, but it didn't bother me. So now I've like now lost you don't even so hear ma- I've lost so many tones in my left ear that like things just don't come through and my I I don't know I'm only at about 50% hearing out of my left ear at this point so hmm. Well, don't overthink it. I didn't really li- re-listen to the acoustic version that much in preparation for this episode. So I don't really have any big the- uh not theories, but any big opinions on the acoustic version. It's nice. The more it- we've been playing the original version, I'm actually like rewarming up to the original version over the acoustic again, just because, I, like in- instrumentation wise, they do a lot. You know, they they do a lot of fun stuff in there. So yeah. Well, we will take our break, and we will be right back. And uh, in our break coming up, we don't thank our brand new patron, which is Josh. It's the second Josh. It's not the Josh from Reliable J. So thank you, second Josh. Thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. If you want to support us, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can also interact with the show by calling our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE. Check out our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. There you can see the visuals that we discuss each week, and you can send emails to us at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. Also, sadiehawkinspod.com is your one-stop shop for all our social links and to get to our Tee Public store for shirts, mugs, and stickers of all our various logo designs. Treat yourself to a Sadie Hawkins Pod shirt or confuse a loved one by gifting one to them. We would also like to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Timothy, Daniel, Josh, JR, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. Twice a month, we have bonus episodes, including reviews of the songs from K is for Karaoke, and you can hear our backlog of bonus episodes, including reading through the entire complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind book that Reliant K did or did not write. You'll have to go over there to find out who wrote it. So donate that money today. What you gonna do? You sitting on that money? You got that stimmy check oh, no. from years ago? <laughs> send it our way. Send it our way. Send ye our send, way. Send ye money our way. I gotta stop doing my deep dives at the gym. Man, <laughs> nothing brings me down faster than clicking into song meetings and reading about people debating over whether this song is about God or a girl. Like, I've got blood sex magic blasting through my headphones. Like, that's the last thing I want to read about. <laughs> what, by Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I did not of, know you were uh, listening to that song. You know, I have a lot of, like, stripper rock songs on my workout <laughs> mix. <laughs> well, they kind of, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I feel Get like... Get your blood pumping, you, need, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's kind of this... It's it's not it's not workout or, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> what am I trying to say? They both They both are needed for the exact same basic thing, like, get up and move your body. Yeah. American Skater, March 23rd, 2003, said, hmm... I don't think the don't touch the positive with the negative end 
because after the sparks, you're just alone in the dark is about girls and boys. Because after the sparks of a relationship is over, there is nothing really. I mean, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course there's something left. Like there's heartache or there's... But also, then you're, you depending. are left alone in the dark. So don't didn't yeah. they just prove their own point with that? I don't know if that I don't know what they mean by that. I mean, I'm guessing what they, I, I'm take the context I'm getting is they mean the like there is no such thing as love except for God's love point of view, which is not true. Like there is love apart from God's love. If anything, you should believe that all love is God's love. But then some, you know, a lot of Christian point of views take it to like the love you feel for another person is fake. Only God's love is real love. That's not how I view it. And I think that's not healthy to view it that way. It, it, it Take that same viewpoint and just shift it to the love you feel for a person is a reflection of God's love at the very least. So that's what I think they mean by that. Like your relationship ends and you're left with nothing because you never really had anything in the first place because relationships with humans are meaningless and stupid and this world isn't worth even contributing to. No, this is the world that God made. Fill it with love now. Don't just like sit around waiting to die. Mr. Sender on September 28th, 2004 said, I think it's about a girl he likes that isn't a Christian. He keeps going through things in his mind and reanalyzing them over and over, trying to justify being able to date her. I think he's referring to the verse about being unequivocally yoked when he mentions don't touch the positive left alone in the dark, because although you might get along well at first, eventually such a relationship will simply make you empty. Anyway, that's what I think. It kind of hit me once driving home. I don't love that. And it's, it goes back to, we've talked about this before. We love bad movies and we watched Christian Mingle. And Christian Mingle irked Danny and I to no end because everyone is the exact opposite of what a Christian should be. Right, Christian Mingle the movie. Sometimes, I sometimes in the edit when we bring up Christian Mingle, oh. it sounds like you're talking about the website. Sorry, but we're talking about the Christian the Mingle. Well, I said this time that we like bad movies. Right, you, so. you, you set it up this time. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if in the past you've heard Jessica mention Christian Mingle, she's talking about the Christian Mingle movie, and like the big problem with that is like they're so judgmental. So the kind of joke is, and reminder, this was written by the Christian Mingle people themselves. So it's like, <laughs> she she is, uh, what Lacey Chabert, she's not a Christian in the movie, and she's had a horrible time trying to date. So she goes on Christian Mingle and pretends she's a Christian. She just wants to meet a nice guy. To meet boy. a nice guy. And then she meets a guy she really likes, and then she has to, like, pretend that she's Christian to be with him. But she's actually, like, trying. Like, she, the joke isn't like she's like, ah... F this Christian crap. I'm just going to keep pretending. No, she's like really kind of trying. Yeah. And, and, but then her family really grills her like she's supposed to be a pastor. Yeah, like she's supposed family. to work in the ministry. Like there's a difference. Like, yeah, there are lots of like families and stuff that, know, that really study Bible study and stuff, but there are plenty. I would say the majority of Christians don't spend their every single waking second thinking about like what is their favorite. Bible verse at every moment they're not they don't work if they don't work in the ministry they take the lessons they read the Bible they listen to a Christian book or read a Christian book and they get what they need but you don't 
have to be expected to be that Christian. Yeah, there's there's so many different levels of it. Like, I'm sure there are people in Christian Mingle who are just like, yes, I'm like very baseline Christian. I go to church, you know, maybe once a month, once every few months, you know, but I do want to meet somebody else who has those same ideals. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, that was like a big, a big issue with the movie is just that this Christian family that she's dating is so, or she's dating the family of the Christian guy she's dating. They're all so judgy. And like, they end up breaking up because in the Hallmark style of movie, you know, they end up, you know, oh, they're not going to be together now because she's not Christian enough or whatever. And then she goes off and becomes more Christian and does missionary work on a back lot somewhere. (laughs) A back lot that's supposed to be Mexico. (laughs) Like, I I get what, I, I do think like, from the Christian, like, cultural mindset, I understand the that point of view of, like, you know, but it, it doesn't just reflect on the Christian evangelical culture war side of things. Lots of people from lots of walks of life have opinions about how do you approach a relationship with or without the same faith. Like it, 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 it doesn't, this construct does not exist solely within like the American evangelical Protestant Christian framework. Right. Lots of people have this feeling like Islamic and Jewish and like lots of other relate religions talk about this and worry about this. So it is really up to the person individually if it matters to them or not. And I do understand that like, you know, I was fortunate that I found someone, I found Jessica who I'm like pretty well in tuned with when it comes to our faith. Right. Um, but I was always like, I don't know what all decisions I'll make if I meet someone who isn't, doesn't match me exactly in my faith, but like I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. I never had to cross that bridge, but it's like the, where it gets like, a little ridiculous. Well, hold on. Let me take a step back. So yeah, if one person's Muslim and one person's Jewish, like you have to work things out. You have to, or, or, or decide, is this, does this work for us as a relationship? That's one thing. If you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're whatever, all the different mixes you could come together with. But then, and I'm sure other religions have this as well, where it gets like kind of ridiculous is when you are both within the Christian faith, within like, you know, whether, you know, within like Catholic or Protestant faith and like, you're not Christian enough for me. (laughs) It's like, that's kind of sad because you don't know how you're both going to help each other grow in a relationship if you can't even approach that. So the very least, what I'm kind of getting at is like, you know, you're a Christian, you meet someone who's not a Christian, talk about it, figure it out. But if you're both Christian (laughs) and, you know, maybe not like, other kind of like the Christian, what are called the Christ, the Christ-based cults, you know, which I'm not passing judgment or whatever, but I'm saying like the things that are not, you know, Protestant-based or Catholic-based, it's like, you know, get to talk these things out. But if you're both a form of Protestant, but you're not the right type of Protestant, like that's just, it's, that's just sad. Cause you don't know, like one of you will, if you're one of you is the spiritual leader of the family and you make decisions on how you're going to raise your children or how you're, what churches you're going to, what church you're going to go to together. It can all, that can all be worked out. I mean, I've had friends before who like their mom was Jewish and their dad was Christian and their dad was like, yeah, you're, you know, that in like, I guess I'm not sure if this is in Jewish tradition or what it is, but they were like, yes, you have the mother's faith. Like, so the kids came up like celebrating Hanukkah and stuff and kind of lightly celebrated Christmas. But yeah, and and it wasn't a problem. It's really just 
however you sort of grow into. And I think the only time that that it's definitely not something when I was younger and dating and stuff that I really thought too heavily on. I think Danny's probably the only guy I've ever dated that was like specifically Christian. Or like at least I openly a, Christian. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was never really an issue with any of the other guys, except the guy I dated before Danny, because he was very adamantly anti-Christian. And that was the only place where that did become a little bit of a point of contention in our relationship. Because if it had just been like, oh, yeah, you do your thing and I'll do mine. Like, and, you know, we didn't, you know, have that. He If he was not so confrontational on it, right. it wouldn't have been an issue. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but it kind of makes sense in a way. Like, if your faith matters to you for either person, it does matter in your relationship. But if you can't see how you can work that out or if you kind of leave the other person in the in the lurch, you just cast them aside, you know, and you kind of don't take a chance to talk about it and say, can you can you accept my faith? Do you think you can learn to uh accept the same faith I have like if it's just like oh you're not Christian get away from me <laughs> like at least talk about it yeah. like I'm not even saying it's like you have to have but sec- I don't even talk about sex I don't even talk about like are you gonna have sex before marriage and one of you's Christian or one of you's not like it's not even talking about that like just talk about your relationship like first communication is <laughs> communication key. And you never know how you're both going to grow together as a couple. If you do meet someone and they seem like they're the one, but you're like very, very like staunch Christian and they aren't. Right. I mean, you never know how each of you will kind of blend as you as you grow together, you know? Yeah. And I'm not convinced that that was the, the subject that Matt Thiessen was singing about here. I'm really not convinced that that's like what inspired the song. I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think that was it. But if you connect to that message personally then that is the point of the poetry that's the point to find you what speaks to you specifically about it but even like knowing specifically that Tyson like especially Reliant K at this time called themselves a ministry band like this is the tail end of them calling themselves a ministry band but there are interviews from this time from from the times of Brian and Dave in the band where they said we're a ministry so like the idea that he would find a girlfriend Tyson maybe I mean it's entirely possible but the odds are more greatly if they're working specifically in ministry as a band that who do you find that you're singing about that isn't at least on some level <laughs> understanding about the work you're doing Reliant K check 623 on April 1st, 2005 said, does anybody think that this song is about sex? It sounds like Matt is talking about saving oneself for his future mate, his quote unquote dream come true and how premarital sex only has negative consequences. Exact same opinion as the last one. I think that that's a perfectly valid personal interpretation, but uh, I don't think that's necessarily what he was singing about. Yeah, I didn't kind of think about the don't touch the positive to the negative end parts and how people might kind of look at that as like a sex or (laughs) that that never once crossed my mind. Never once crossed my mind. I or or even to say it as a relationship, like the last person said, the positive to the negative end, like they have opposite faith, so they can't be together. I just kind of thought of it as we're two people. Ooh, this song belongs on Collapsible Lung. It's sexy. I mean, you can't give a lot of weight to the people on song meanings because there's been there's so much debate 
and angry people who think pink tux to the prom is a gay reference is a homosexual right. reference which, is, which it's not it's just an 80s fashion thing and but, even if it was even so if it what? was so what but i'm just saying like so many viewpoints and life uh you know life understandings of life from these teens at the time in different situations across America that like, it's like you wear a pink tux. Well, that means you're gay. So he must be singing about being gay. No, you just don't have the full life experience or understanding about eighties fashion. Miss Lottie Da on November 12th, 2004 said one more guy, girl cliche. Ha ha ha. I could never figure out what Matt was saying on that line. I thought it was Canadian or something. Math face. Haha. Ha. P.S. Try saying it three times fast. It's really hard. He he he. I can also kind of see how, um, from the Christian point of view, the phrase "one more guy girl" cliche has a different connotation than from other points of view. Like to say a guy girl cliche within a sort of Christian cultural mindset is like, oh, another romance song, another vapid song about a guy and a girl when the only true love is Christ's love. Like, the love between two people is nothing. But I can see how the, the term guy-girl cliche is like a weapon differently in the mind of, a, of like a staunchly Christian listener. Whereas I think really the point of it here is like we're in this relationship and the way we're struggling now is a cliche because so many relationships struggle all the time. It takes work and cliche struggle to make a guy-girl relationship work, to make any relationship between any people who love or are attracted to each other work. Faithful1 underscore 7 on November 7th, 2005 said... This song is just about related to any scenario between a guy and a girl, but I agree with the ideas, but I agree with the sex idea because I lost the things I held on to, quote unquote, it, oh. like his values. And then oh, he's no. thinking, <laughs> quote, about how far he had to let this go, uh, end quote. And he says that after all the sparks, you're left alone in the dark. Huh. But like I said, this song is easily related to tons of things. I mean, I will say that that is the most convincing argument for, argument that, for that point of view. Yeah. That is definitely the most convincing that maybe it is about. I mean, I am not unconvinced. I'm not unconvinced by that. What's that user's name? Faithful one underscore seven. Yeah, that's a pretty convincing argument that it is about losing your virginity when you or, or having sex when you're. Yeah, it's an interesting point of view with with sort of constructed thoughts to back it up donkey kong 325 on march 25th 2006 said is it seth rogan <laughs> i gotta do i gotta I, i'm sure i could do a seth rogan impression but i've never tried so i'm not gonna humiliate myself now i think that this song is about his struggle between liking a girl and loving god i think it starts out with him thinking about how he lost his girl but he still likes her maybe she wasn't christian and matt was too busy having fun with her to share jesus with her and you're so out of touch because i'm so far behind it means that she is out of touch with christianity because matt was so far behind in his faith that it and wasn't focused on god Oh, you know, I have heard, it's possible. I have heard in like the Christian communities I've been a part of, like the sort of, uh, <laughs> the thing is called like, like, what is it called? Like witness dating or like, or, or, uh, 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 what would it be called? 
like dating as a way of 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 trying to get someone saved you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that that is a concept people kind of like talk about and make fun of sometimes but i don't really think that that's what's going on in this song but i i mean i know that that's a concept zira haha on december 31st 2006 quoted the don't touch the positive with the negative end bit and then said, this part is obviously, in all caps, nothing about sex and or genitals. It is about a Christian and a non-Christian. <laughs> it is not a good idea for them to be involved in a relationship because after all of the quote unquote sparks, chemistry, both literally and metaphorically, butterflies, etc., you're left alone in the dark. Comparison to science experiment gone wrong with, in all caps, relationship gone wrong. It's bound to happen. Right. Yeah. Just a lot of people thinking that it's that they can't share God in the in the relationship and right things like that. There are three pages of comments, so I'm just kind of quickly <laughs> quickly scrolling through these. Some of them are very wordy. Um, so yeah, I think I think we'll go ahead and and move along. We have even more song meanings over in lyricinterpretations.com. <laughs> Dag it. On August 29th, 2005, said, This song is about a breakup, something so terrible that the songwriter Matthew Thiessen is apparently wallowed up in pain and is thinking profusely about the events that just happened. What makes this breakup so particularly painful is that he had all these wonderful times with the girls. So wonderful that, in fact, began thinking about more serious things like marriage. And in the end, they kept drawing farther and farther apart. Either that or she began rejecting him. I mean, that's uh, the most solidly that agrees with what we kind of came to. <laughs> and then the they, they go on very detailed to put bullet points in with like a bunch of different lines. And then just more stuff uh, like the same as over on song meetings. So 15 songs that will help you stop overthinking over on introvertdeer.com. <laughs> nice. One, Hazy by Rosie Golan. Two, Atlas Hands by Benjamin Francis Leftwich. Three, Over It by Reliant K. Four, Sick of Losing Soulmates by Dodie Clark. Five, Can't Help Falling in Love covered by 21 Pilots. Six, Freckles and Constellations by Dodie Clark. Seven, Hold Back the River by James Bay. Eight, Georgia by Vance Joy. Nine, Waving Through a Window from the upcoming Broadway musical Dear Evan Hansen. Ten, Mess is Mine by Vance Joy. What year is this article? Eleven, Suburban Love by the Lumineers. November 22nd, 2016. Okay. By Cammie Albers. And years later, we finally get the Evan Hansen movie that I haven't seen and never really planned to see. <laughs> Uh, 12, Melancholy Astronautic Man by Ali Moss. It's a sick title. Uh, 13, Beginning by Jordan Michael Taylor. 14, All Be by Edwin McCain. And 15, Middle of a Memory by Cole Swindle. So Overthinking by Reliant K didn't actually make this list, but Over It did. And they had to say... A lulling cadence, light lyrics, and a story about searching. I think I've said enough. Then this is one of the songs that comes up on Spotalike under similar to Be My Escape Acoustic. 
as well as The Thief, uh, Firewater by Yellow Card, 1234 by The Plain White Tees, Night Drive Acoustic by The All-American Rejects, and I Swear This Time I Mean It by Mayday Parade. Well, let's see. Then we get into covers and etc. Oh, you know what? I just realized I didn't find I didn't think about this ahead of the podcast, but I didn't find any live versions of this song. So oh, interesting. Set, let me uh, real quick go to setlist FM Reliant K and see if there's any record because this is a song I definitely would have thought it could have could have would have should have been played. You know what I mean? Especially since it's on in two versions. The fact that it's on the Apathetic EP and that it kind of crosses that period. Like, it goes from a Brian... Uh... <laughs> the fact that it goes from, like, the Brian Dave times to the John John and Dave times, uh, I'm really surprised. So let me quickly look this up. Okay, yeah, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing... on set. I mean, and set list is definitely fallible when it comes to anything before 2006, seven-ish, but there's no version re- uh, recorded on set list and there was nothing on YouTube for live videos. Oh, interesting. So that is that. Um, too bad we don't get to hear that. And now I'm opening my notes. Well, Danny, Reliant K is touring again, so there's still oh, a chance. You gotta make sure you ask them to play that song. If you can learn that, if you can learn that instead of just be rad. Ooh, let, let, let me look it up real quick. <laughs> look up those chords. Look up those bass tabs. Uh, <clears throat> bass tabs. I was like breathing in when I said the word bass tabs. Okay. So this song was covered by another Goatee Records artist one time. Oh, cool. And the only other situation I'm aware of that was, uh, I don't remember her last name now. I want to say Stephanie Meyer, but it wasn't that. <laughs> Stephanie something <laughs> did I celebrate the day. On a goat on the goatee Christmas comp. Oh, that's right. Well, here this artist Zilch, who I'm not familiar with, on the Goatee Records 20th anniversary comp, covered Overthinking. So here is that cover. I was thinking, overthinking, cause there's just too many scenarios to analyze. Look in my eyes, cause you're my dream. Please come true. I was thinking, overthinking About exactly how I'm not exactly him I'll break my heart in two more times than you could ever do Cause you're my dream, please come true Cause I think way too much On a one-track mind You're so out of touch Cause I'm so far behind I can't not- what in the Mormon Tabernacle <laughs> Choir was that? It was very surprising to hear that that's the cover. I have never heard of Zilch. Apparently, they are more specifically, they are Zilch UK. Because when I looked into a band called Zilch, what I found was like a sort of like Rob Zombie kind of like techno metal band. Actually, I didn't. Now click- that sounds sick. I want to hear them <laughs> cover this song. To be honest, I didn't click in to listen to any of the other band called Zilch. I just saw all their images, and they looked like like Power Man Five Thousand. So they, then I looked, then I typed in Zilch Goatee, and I found Zilch UK. So here's another Zilch song. There is a cross, 
I guess this is the same zilch that just did that. No. It's gotta be because their cover of Overthinking is on their YouTube channel with this song. Huh. What a what a turn. Yeah, this sounds like the Dandy Warhols or I something. I like this. <laughs> And this is a song called Everything from 1997 on Goatee Records. Interesting. I had I had not heard of this band. So there's Zilch. Here's a newer song from Zilch. This is Baba Daba Da Bob Da 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 Da. So none of this sounds like that cover of Overthinking. None of it's it, like it's just they're singing with with strings. I was thinking and I and piano. This is fascinating. What a fascinating. Now it's like all Irish and stuff. <laughs> Danny's doing a jig in his seat. I am. <laughs> Oh, Faith Begara, don't touch the positive to the negative end. <laughs> so there you go, Zilch. I, I had, I, if you asked me how much information did I have about this before the podcast, I would say <laughs> Zilch. Uh, Timmy Carter seven years ago commented, oh shoot, I miss Zilch so freaking much. This playlist is killing me and turning me into a flipping fanboy. Zero is still my hero. Uh, and Terminal 8R re- responded, Agree. I really liked Zilch's styles and lyrics. This seems like a different singer for them, though, which maybe it was, since this is a cover? I don't know. You tell, you guys tell me. You're the fans. Uh, I think I like Mark's version even better. I don't know what that means. I think I like... A- Amy Prindle commented, I think I like Mark's version even better. Does Mark Hoppus? That- yeah, did, did Mark Lee Townsend or Mark Coppus do a cover of Overthinking that I didn't find? Well, we'll never know. Man, I want to hear the Blink version of Overthinking. <laughs> Call up one of those bands that does bad Blink. Ver- like, what if Blink-182 Oh, I'm sure they're Abba on Fiverr. Let's it. do it. <laughs> We were both young when I first saw you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is Picking on Reliant K with their overthinking cover. Cause it's just too many scenarios to analyze. What do you think? Jessica just hates the voice of the Picking on Reliant K. And it's not even like we need to hear... It's not even like we need to hear him that often because... You know, for some reason, we have not been picking a lot of songs that are on picking on Reliant K. All I ever do is pick on Reliant K and <laughs> then continue to pick on picking on Reliant That's K. That's true. We kind of we kind of do that. The show should have been called Podden on Reliant K. <laughs> picking on, Podden on, whatever. Signe Blanford is back. Uh, more like Pond 5 music that is er- that is erroneously labeled as a song that it is not. Here is what... Signe Blanford pretends is Reliant K's overthinking. 
very nice. Very atmospheric. Love it. Good job, Sydney. So then Josephine and Ruth performed this as a, at a high school talent show. Let me see what year this was. I wrote down the year. I mean, I wrote down their names, but I didn't write down the year. 2007. So in 2007, I won't read, read their last names. Josephine and Ruth cover Reliant K's overthinking at the Hillsborough High School Unplugged Number 5 on June 1st, 2007. Uh, so obviously this is... I was going to say, like, I was, th- this still has the comments on, but it's technically underage kids in the video, but then, like, it's 14 years ago, so then under not underage now. But it doesn't matter. If it contains children underage, the comments should be off. So do I need to report this video? <laughs> Jessica just looks befuddled. I was just waiting for you to play it. <laughs> okay, here it is. So they're both singing. One's on piano, one's on guitar, and they're trading It's very pretty. They're very talented. Let's see how they handle the bridge. Since we don't get to hear a Reliant K live version, we get to hear uh, Josephine and Ruth's version. Let's hear the bridge. across a lot of talent show videos in the past and like the most of them are like they look like they're having fun but this one's really good like yeah, compared nice. to a lot of other talent show videos where yeah. they're not doing a great job <laughs> uh these two are doing a great job so let's see there there was a couple of soundcloud sound sound cloud covers but uh you know check them out <laughs> <laughs> They're just like people playing it on acoustic and stuff. Uh, let's see. Okay, so this is interesting. On SoundCloud, a channel called Summertime's End, or an artist called Summertime's End, took the song as it exists and kind of like melodied it by layering their own melodies. I'm not describing this correctly. Here it is. <laughs> they take the song and they sing their own lyrics over it. Okay. It's not quite like a sound... It's not quite like a... It's not quite a parody, but... It's not a parody, and it's not a rap. 
It's not like they're it's not like they're rapping on top of the existing track, which we have come across before. It's just like I'm gonna take my own song and also sing it on top. I don't think I noticed. Is this I, a mashup? What is happening? That's basically what they're trying to do. They're trying to do a live mashup where they take the song, they play it, and then they sing their own additional lyrics and melody on top of it. They're calling it the oh. overthinking medley. Sorry. When I was trying to think of the word medley before, the word melody was like overtaking it. They're making a me- medley by adding their own melody on top of the existing song. And I didn't realize that they are very strongly uh, auto-tuned. Is this an Owl City side project? That's a great question. <laughs> There's a comment here that says, Love this. It's so hard to figure out which one to listen to. Ha ha. Did you do that for safety purposes? What? what? I love the new one, though. And the replier said, Nah, I just changed it to match the key. I don't understand. Uh, another person said, I love Relying K so much, and this sounds great. And hey, love the album, and I'm so glad you're standing up for what you believe in with that Owl City situation. What's happening? Whoa. I don't know. I guess we could investigate Summertime's and SoundCloud page, but instead, let's skip two minutes into their med- medley. Fascinating. Fascinating. Wait, did they take, like, Owl City and just put it on top of Reliant K? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Owl City well enough to know (laughs) if those were actual Owl City songs, but... That's an excellent question. Uh, Let's see what I can do here. There was an explanation, but it's not... uh, I don't know where you read the descriptions in the SoundCloud app, so I think I have to try to open this in a browser. All right, so their description here is... Summertime's end description is, I wanted to do this for a while, just a bit of fun with Reliant K's overthinking and a few of my own vocal melodies. I know this is a blatant breach of copyright law, and I'm sorry, Reliant K. Please don't sue me. If you haven't heard of this song, you should totally check it out. It's my second favorite song ever. So I think they just, yeah, that's that's what I thought it was. But I don't know what the Owl City situation was. Maybe they did a similar thing with an Owl City song and people got mad in his comments. So here he took the Fireflies intro. Okay, 
A quick attempt at the intro of Owl City's Fireflies. That bell patch is killer. It'll probably take a while to nail that one. So I don't know if that's a redo, if that was a cover that just sounds really close, or if they added the little bell on top. Confusing. It's from nine years ago as well. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like they're an active page that I can like ask, what is going on? Will you come on the podcast and explain this? If you're listening, Summertime <laughs> Sadness, come on the podcast and summertime explain. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see. So there's a few more covers, and a lot of them are pretty much what you expect in terms of like being simple acoustic and stuff like that. Uh, here's just a simple vocal cover, also on SoundCloud. And this is by Post Life Crisis. It's a dark name. I was thinking of that thinking. Cause there's just too many scenarios to analyze Look in my eyes cause you're my dream, please come true I was thinking over thinking About exactly how I'm not exactly him I'll break my heart into much worse than you could ever do Cause you're my dream, please come true And it goes on like that for another minute and a half, what do you think? Post-life crisis. It's about as dark as their name. (laughs) So the last thing we have here is the only fan derivative work that I found that's not a cover is this this, uh, music video, this FMV. Set to this movie. Do you remember this movie? This movie for... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I used to love... <laughs> this is the the most recent version the of Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, yeah the Maybe like 0405. Yeah. The, the last big budget theatrical mid-2000s Phantom this, of the Opera movie. This is a shipping video for Eric and Christine. I love it. We I mean, have... he's a problem, but all right. <laughs> and we have history with this movie. Oh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not want to talk about it? We made our own fan music video to this <laughs> to this movie. <laughs> we, we while this movie was playing one time, we touched the positive to the negative. <laughs> we did not. We did We did it. We just not. Now I'm getting a. Who phone. are you calling? <laughs> I'm not calling anybody. No, we didn't have sex to that movie. Hello? Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm on the Bluetooth, if I get an incoming call, it sounds like an outgoing call for some reason. The Bluetooth changes the ring. (laughs) No, we just had a makeout session to that movie. I still haven't seen that movie to this day. Couldn't tell you. Do you want to leave all this in? Yep. We're married. We're married under the eyes of the Lord. So... It's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, Danny, do you like this song more or less or the same as before? I like it about the same, to be honest. Like, I don't love, like it anymore. Like, I definitely understand. I think I have some more understanding of it, but it that didn't help me, like, love it more. And I definitely don't hate it more. So I'm right down the middle. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I like it about the same. Okay. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and and play us out. I'm going to practice overthinking. All right.
Should I be a typical Ohio audience member on YouTube and be like, woo, overthinking, yeah, overthinking. If you're new to the podcast, Relying K hometown shows, very drunk audiences, and we've had Ohio people admit it to us. Pretty good. Pretty simple. Simple baseline, you don't have to overthink too much. I'm probably butchering it.